Welcome to the Covenant Life Center podcast. We're so thankful that you chose to listen to this message. To get more connected with us, you can look us up on all social media at CLC Victoria and download our app. Now, here's this week's message. John chapter 1. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. Can you repeat that after me? The light of men. The light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. Or comprehend means to understand. So there's a significant correlation there with light and comprehension and understanding. Anytime you read the Bible and you hear about light, you're going to hear a reference to understanding and and knowing. So the light shined in darkness and the darkness did not comprehend it. And there was a man sent from God whose name was John. This man came for a witness to bear witness of the light that all through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light that was the true light which gives light to every man coming into the world referencing God referencing his spirit so he wasn't the light but he was there to bear witness of the light and that's the light that God gives to every man who comes into the world now he was in the world and the world was made through him and the world did not know him there's the comprehension again referencing the light He came into the world, but the world did not know him. He came into his own, and his own did not receive him, speaking of the Jewish nation. But as many, say as many, turn to your neighbor and tell them, that's me and you. That's you and I. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become the children of God. To those who believe in his name, who were born, not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And that's what we celebrate, the birth of Jesus Christ. And the flesh dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. That's what light is. Grace and truth. I want to share something with you this Sunday morning, and I don't want to hold you long because we've had a long one already, but I want you to receive something today, and I want you to have a blessed Christmas. I pray that your Christmas is so filled with light and love and and joy, and whatever you do, wherever you go, if you're traveling, be safe. A lot of our people are missing today. They're traveling. We pray for all of them. If you're watching on the internet and you're watching them live streaming, we pray a blessing on you today, and we hope God's best. But we're going to talk about this subject called, I saw the light. I saw the light. How many of you are glad the day that God brought you into his marvelous light? Now it's your turn. Now it's your turn to bless the service. Come on, stretch out your hands. Pray for me that God would anoint me. I receive it today. Come on, pray for the service. Pray for God to release his angels in the atmosphere. There are people that need ministering in this house. 
and you're a part of this ministry. It's not a one-man show. It's a corporate effort. Father, in Jesus' name, God, we receive your blessings today. God, we receive every good thing from you today. Father, we know that all things work together for good. We understand that today, God, is the day you've made, and we're going to rejoice in this day. Lord, we pray for everyone's needs to be met this Christmas holiday. We thank you, God, for this service and bless you. In Jesus' name, everyone say amen. Amen. Give him one more round of applause. and He's worthy of everything. Now, you can be seated this Sunday morning. God bless you. Thank you for standing. In 1947, an up-and-coming country singer was on his way back home from another concert, and he was near the town of Fort Deposit in Alabama. And when Hank Williams Sr., when he was heading home, his mama was driving the car. And when his mama was driving the car, she had been driving for a while, he had his bandmates there with him in the car. And when they were coming into their town, she said out out loud to Hank, and she said, I saw the light, and it woke him up. And she was referring to the light that she had seen at the airport that was in their city. She saw the light of the airport, and she just yelled it out loud to Hank Williams. I saw the light. In other words, we're almost home. And in his mind at that moment, the way history records this, and it says that in that moment, he felt something in his heart, and he began to hear the lyrics, I saw the light. And he wrote this song, and he began to just put down what he felt in his heart, and he now shared it, and of course, we know it and sing it. But I found out that not everybody knows it. Can you believe I let my kids listen to the song and they have never heard it? How many of you have, I know. I know. I couldn't believe it. How many of you have never heard this? Don't, get, don't, don't worry, I'm not going to judge you. You've never heard I Saw the Light. Raise your in the back. There's some over there in the back. I, I just, I didn't know. I mean, to me, it's an all-time favorite. Hank Williams Sr. Sr. Now, I don't listen to Hank Williams Jr., but Hank Williams Sr., and I've heard I Saw the Light. And, and I do believe that sometimes, whether we believe it or not, God moves on everyone who has gifts and utilizes those gifts to give an inspiration or a contribution. I've heard that song that came from his, this country singer. And if you look and, and watch the movie or read his biography, he, he wasn't a strong Christian man. He wasn't someone that you would see in church every single Sunday. But he had a gift and a talent, and he did believe in God. And in that moment, inspiration came. He wrote it down, and I've heard this sung in churches. And I understood God can use anybody. And God can show his light to anyone. And I, I just marvel at it. I wish I could sing it, but I'm not going to, okay? So I'll spare you. I'll spare you. It's all right. But, but, it, but it says, 
I was wandering so aimlessly in life filled with sin. I wouldn't let my dear Savior in. Then Jesus came like a stranger in the night and praised the Lord. And then it goes, now I am so happy, no sorrow in sight. Just like a man, a blind man, I was wandering along. No worries and fears I claimed for my own. Then like the blind man that God gave back his sight. That is so weak. Ready? Say it after me. Praise the Lord. I saw the light. No, see, you don't. How many now you know what I'm talking about? When you really see light, you get excited about it. When you see light, you just understand that it makes a difference in your world. And the, and the, the song keeps on going, and it says, I was a fool to wander astray. Straight is the gate, narrow is the way. Now I have traded the wrong for the right. I saw the light. I remember the first time I saw the light. I really do. My brother, my oldest brother, won me to the Lord. And he tried telling me all the time, Bobby, this is what the scripture says. This is what the Bible says. He would say it over and over and over. And I have to tell you, I just didn't comprehend it. I don't know if I didn't have a heart. I thought I had a heart. I wanted to know more. I thought I understood it. But apparently, I didn't really comprehend it. And he would get so frustrated. He'd say, man, don't you see it? It's right here. Jesus came into this world. I'm telling you, the simplicity of the gospel, I really couldn't comprehend it to the full degree. Because to me, comprehension was more than just seeing it in the book. Comprehension, to me, was understanding it and having a full revelation. Having a full revelation and feeling it and knowing it. Knowledge is, is good, but without comprehension and understanding tied to the knowledge, knowledge is no good without application. I mean, it just doesn't work. How many of you have books in your library at home? How many of you have some books in your library? Does anybody buy books anymore? Or do you have e-books? Whatever you may have on your tablet or in your home at your shelf, on your shelf, those books aren't any good unless you apply them and unless you have wisdom to know how to apply, right? Knowledge is nothing, but knowledge is everything. And I remember, I remember my brother telling me, man, don't you understand? I kept saying, I, man, okay, I get it, I get it, but in my heart, I really didn't get it. There was something missing. Then I'll never forget the day, December 4th, 1994, about 1130. I remember the time. I remember the date. I remember the location. And a Pentecostal church in Houston, Texas, at a church called Life Tabernacle. I'll never forget. We walked into this church, and there were crazy people all over the place. You thought that the Super Bowl was on the screens. They were amening, praising the Lord. I mean, they were strong, and I thought, man, this is either weird or something I don't get. But I stayed there, and I was like this. (laughs) Then something happened. I heard the gifts of the Spirit begin to move. How many of you comprehend what I'm talking about? 
I, I heard the gifts begin to operate. I heard someone say something, and I heard someone interpret something. Some of you may not understand that, but I heard God moving, and I saw some things and people being healed, and I saw things happening in this church that I've never seen before, and it took a demonstration, and it opened my eyes. And I'm going to tell you, as soon as that started happening, the atmosphere shifted. And something in my heart told me, you really need to go now to the altar, and you really got to surrender your life. Now's the time. And I did. I ran to the altar. I literally ran to the altar. And I just told God, Father, I'm sorry. Forgive me of all my sins. I have never, never earnestly, wholeheartedly said to him, forgive me. I've said it before, but I didn't mean it like I meant it in that moment. Because there was something in the atmosphere. There was something that those group of people, they had, if you will, generated by worship, by prayer. Somebody had some light, and they were giving light out. And it hit my heart. And at that moment, I realized I saw myself as a sinner, not as an arrogant, proud guy who had it all together and didn't need God and didn't need anything. At that moment, I saw myself as hopeless and I needed hope. God has a way of showing you who you really are. And if you really look at it, if you really take a moment just to think about this, uh, there's no one that's perfect. We all need God, no matter how strong you are, no matter how physically structured or enabled you are, no matter how intellectual you are, no matter how rich you are, no matter how, you, how advanced you are in, in knowledge and, and understanding, it doesn't matter. Everyone needs God. Everyone needs God. And, and, and I realized that, that I need God, and I went, I lifted my hands. I, what we, what we call, repented and said, God, forgive me, and something happened. Heaven encountered my world, and my eyes were open, and I understood, and I started praying and seeking God in a language I didn't understand, and no one told me about it. No one taught me about it like, like I have felt it and understood it in that moment. There was nobody there trying to train me, trying to tell me, repeat this and repeat that. It's just something that happens supernaturally. It's something that just occurred in my life. And by the way, it happens a thousand, a million times a year all around the world every single day. In every denomination, in every denomination, God is pouring out his spirit. God is doing things because people are hungry and they're seeing who they really are, knowing who God really is. And I'll never forget, after that, my brother and I, we went out to go get a, to go get a sandwich at Antone's. And we stood on that little caboose. You know what Antone's is in Houston. How many of you have been to Antone's? And they got those sandwiches with the relish on the inside. I don't know if you even know. But they got these sandwiches that are dynamite. And we sat there at lunchtime, and we were talking. And my brother started telling me the same thing he told me before all those months. And in that moment, I said to him, oh, my gosh, I get it. I understand. I see everything you're trying to tell me. I, I get it. I get it, Rick. 
I know what you're talking about. I said, my God, I can't believe it. How, how is it that I couldn't understand it all those months, but now I get it. I get it. I saw the light. I saw the light. I understood. It happens to everyone who's hungry, who has a heart for God, who really just allows himself to be able to be transparent and be open. You see, in order for change to happen in your life, you have to begin to be real with yourself and understand. And there's nothing wrong with this. You have to say to yourself, I'm not perfect, but I know who God who is. I need help. I am weak, but he is strong. And if you don't, there is no growth until you're able to be real with yourself. There is no growth. You stunt your growth. Because in the area where there's pride, you say, God, I've got this. I don't need you. But in the area where you humble yourself, God says he gives grace. He gives something beyond yourself. So I don't ever want to go to God now. That was my lesson. The lesson I learned was, it's before my brother was telling me all of this. What you don't know is, is that I was trying to read my Bible. I thought I knew it, and I would say to him every time he asked me, do you see that? And I'd say, yeah, 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 I got it. I understand. Yeah, yeah. I never did until the day that I humbled myself because I felt God draw me. And I said, Father, forgive me. I need you. I'm a sinner, God. I know. In that moment, he cleansed me from my sins. He saved me. And he opened my mind and gave me light. He gave me light. The Bible says the, the, the spirit of man is the candlestick of the Lord. In other words, that's where, he, that's where he lights is the spirit of man. And he gives light and illuminates your spirit and mind. There's so much scripture about the light. There's so many things that I can say about the light. And Psalms 119 and 105 says... Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. See, what that means is, is that God's word becomes accessible and useful for taking every step, but also illuminates your thought process to help you see the path very clearly. God's word becomes a tool. It helps you have faith and confidence to take the right step, knowing you're in the will of God, but it also gives you a comprehension to know what the path entails, to see ahead to know the obstacles, because God cares about you. Your journey becomes easier when you have light in your life. Isaiah 8 and 20 says, To the law and to the testimony, if they do not speak according to the word, it is because there is no light inside of them. When someone gives you advice, sometimes it could be they may be sincere, but they could be sincerely wrong. And sometimes people who have no light, really don't have the place that they've allowed God. And I'm not being judgmental. You understand. I'm simply stating the facts. Not everybody loves Jesus like you love Jesus. Not everybody cares about what his thoughts are like you care about what his thoughts are. Not everybody's concerned about the will of God. Not everybody's concerned about others. They're really concerned about themselves sometimes. It's just the world we live in. We do live in a selfish world. Do you agree? 
And sometimes we have people that would give us advice that have the wrong, the, the wrong ambitions, the wrong desires. And that's why you got to be careful who gives you counsel, who gives you advice, who's telling you what to do. If it doesn't line up with God's word, don't follow it. If it contradicts the word of God, don't follow it because they're going to lead you in a wrong path. Listen, it's what the scripture says. The blind lead the blind into the ditch. In other words, that they're going to lead you down emotion, an emotional path. And that's not what God has for you in your life. God wants to give you advice that comes from his word, from a heart that's been enlightened. Your counsel, your advice, there is, it's true. In the multitude of counsel, there is wisdom. But you have to know who is speaking into your life. That word is so important. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 19 says, And so we have the prophetic word confirm, which you all do well to heed as the light that shines in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your heart. That's how it is. God rises in your heart, but that light means, that means everything. The light. Do you remember when God first saved you and God first touched your heart and God first touched your mind? You know, you remember the moment that you feel like it was illuminated. Now you understood why uh, you had to go to church. You didn't get to go to church. I mean, excuse me. You didn't have to go to church. I get it backwards. Reverse that. Cut. Splice. Let's do it again. You understand? You didn't have to go to church. It was the mentality of, I get to go to church. I get to go to church. I get to worship God. I can't believe that God moved on my heart. And here I am on a Sunday morning here in God's house lifting up my hands. I don't have a hangover this morning. You understand what I'm saying? I'm not in debt. I'm not in jail. I'm not staying at a friend's house because my wife kicked me out of the house. <laughs> oh, is that too far? You're in God's house. Why are you in God's house? Because you have light or there was someone in your life who led you down the right path. That's the only reason. The only reason I'm even up here is because God gave me light and I didn't listen to everybody else's advice. Even when you are saved, someone can give you the wrong advice at the wrong time. Because the process, I'm going to get off track for a moment, but I'm going to get back on, I promise you. Even when you are saved, someone with good intentions who is not completely walking after the light will give you advice that's wrong. I, I can't tell you how many times in my life that people came up to me everywhere as I went, church, places. When I was first saved, I didn't know what being called was. When someone said, you're called into the ministry, I, had, I thought to myself, that's great. What does that mean? I didn't even know what that meant. Every time I teach Sunday school, and that's where it started for me, in Sunday school, someone would come, they would feel the anointing, I guess, and children would cry, and they'd give their life to God, and God gave results. I didn't know it, and someone came up to me all the time. Oh, my God, you're called to the ministry. Now, that's kind of weird. What does that mean? And I understood it. One time somebody tried to offer me a church. One time somebody tried to give me a, 
speaking place. And, and listen to this. One time in the job, I went up to a guy. I witnessed to him, told him about the Lord. He told me, man, you've got to come preach at my church. And I thought, well, praise God, there's the opportunity. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I knew you called me, God. I knew it would come. That was so dumb. I went to his church. I told my pastor. He said, go ahead. He knew I was determined. And when I stepped up there, I can't tell you, I made a, I just felt like such a fool. Can you believe while I was speaking, someone stood up, pointed their finger at me and said, you are wrong. That's not in God's word. And I went, you got to be kidding me, Lord. Really? And it blew up. It became a debate. I didn't know how to debate. I didn't want to debate. The word of God isn't for debate. Come to find out, it was a simple, just a simple thing when I talked about God's spirit and being poured out. They just didn't believe that. Luckily, I had an older gentleman with me that had been saved for a long time. He wanted to come with me to protect me, guide me, help me. And thank God, he stood up. I looked at him. I said, man, you take it, man. This is not for me. <laughs> he stood up there, and all kinds of wisdom came out of his mouth. The love of God was there, and he just settled down the congregation. Everything went fine. Can you believe that? And I'm thinking to myself, this ain't for me, God. I am never. It was out of timing. It, it was a shipwreck. It was crazy. But I learned a lesson. And that was nearly 20 years ago or so. So don't think that just happened last week. <laughs> you understand what I mean? I've come a long ways from then. I ignored it. And all I determined in my mind to do was to simply love on Jesus and get more light. Then I knew the difference between man's calling and God's calling. You don't want man's calling in your life. You want God's calling. But light helps you discern what's man, what's God. Light will help you discern. What I needed was more light. I lacked more comprehension. I had a lot of zeal but not enough wisdom. And it's a growth process. But can I tell you, the scripture says... If we walk in the light as he is in the light, the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin. That means that God will remove everything that has kept us down, every mistake that we have made, any, any, any failure that we feel like we have. If you'll follow after God in the light, God will remove everything from the past. So I no longer hold these things in my mind. I no longer am condemned by anything I did even yesterday, the day before, because I'm walking in the light and the blood of Jesus cleanses me. What I'm saying to you is that the blood of Jesus gives me the consciousness. The light allows my conscience to see right from wrong and say, Father, I'm sorry. That's the key. The light allows us to recognize wrong in our life when it's illuminated with God's word. When the spirit meets the word, it illuminates and helps our conscience it helps us comprehend it.
It helps you distinguish right from wrong and lets you realize, okay, how can you learn from your, your mistakes? I no longer say you win some, you lose some. I now say you win some, you learn some. You learn some. Now, now let me say this. First Peter chapter 1, 2 and 9. But you are chosen. You are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. His own special people that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. That's what you're called for. You're called out of darkness into, you're called into his marvelous light. That's your calling, into his light. Verse 10, who once were not a people, you weren't his people before, but now the people of God. Who, not, who had not obtained mercy, but now obtained mercy. You didn't know. You had no reason. You know the only thing you have to do to obtain mercy and grace is say, I'm sorry. But before you had no conscience, before you had no rhyme or reason, I don't need to tell God I'm sorry. I haven't done anything wrong. It's easy to think that way and feel that way. I haven't done anything wrong. That's because you lack light. When you're walking in light, you become very aware and tender towards God. And when you feel like I've done contrary to God's word or I've walked a different path, there's something inside of you that says, hey, if you keep on going down that road, it's going to be a dead end road. And there's something else that says, keep going down this path for there is life and life more abundantly. Life and life more abundantly. But you're not just anybody. You are God's chosen people. I want you to repeat this after me. Say, I'm a chosen generation. Say, I'm a royal priesthood. Say, I'm a holy nation. I'm God's own people. <laughs> you belong to God. Light is everything. Point number one, and the only point I'm going to give you today is light is priority. Light is priority. This is how it happens. It happens like this. When you have light in your life, the Bible again says the spirit of man is the candlestick of the Lord. That means that's what he lights. He puts his spirit into your spirit. It enables you to have wisdom, discernment, faith, and love. That's what happens. But here's what you need to know as well. Before God was ever, ever able, or before God ever created anything in this world, what was the first thing God said? Genesis chapter 1, verse 3, Then God said, Let there be light, and there was light. Did you know, did you know, think about this, did you know that before the sun was created, God spoke this? He said, the earth was dark and void. Darkness was on the face of the earth. Then God said, let there be light, and there was. That wasn't the sun. That wasn't the light he was referring to. The light he was referring to was spiritual darkness and spiritual darkness awakenings. God had to first 
place his nature, his wisdom, and clear the area of anything that would contradict his plans. And before God can do anything, he had to illuminate it spiritually. God said, let there be light. This is the same thing that happens when you and I get saved. God gives you awareness, consciousness. He gives you a sensitivity. He gives you something that most people don't have, that animals don't have. Animals don't know the difference. I have a dog at home. That dog will eat anything I give him. Don't get mad. Anything I give him. I'm going to step over here because the kids are going to get mad at me. I don't care. That dog loves me. He loves me because I give him things. Probably not the right things. I give him table food and stuff. Let me, it's, it's confession time. So I give, him, I give him pizza when I'm eating pizza, if I ever have pizza. I know, don't, dog lovers, don't hate on me right now, okay? It makes them happy. And anytime I come around, he comes at me and he sits right beside me, looks at me. Then he don't look at me. Then he just kind of glances at me if he sees me move, waiting for me, waiting for the next move. But you and I aren't like dogs, right? And we're not like animals. God made you differently. God made you with a conscience. God, yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm going to say something, and I know I may mess up the sermon, but I'm going to just say it anyway so you'll understand what I'm saying here. That same dog that loves his dog food and loves pizza, I'll see him the next hour outside eating his own That's why I never let that dog lick me. I try to warn my kids, don't let that dog lick you. Oh, I don't care, Daddy. Dogs have clean tongues. Not from where I seen him come from. That dog eat anything. We're different than animals. God gave us a conscience and a wisdom and an understanding. If you read the scripture in Romans, Romans said that that there was a generation of people, Sodom and Gomorrah, that God, they wouldn't listen to God, and they seared their conscience because they sinned and they sinned and they sinned, and God couldn't reach them. So the Scripture says God gave them up to their own desires and lust, and, and they had no conscience. That's when, we come, that's when we become desensitized, and we find no place of repentance because we can't see anything wrong with it. But thank God for the light. Thank God for the blood. Thank God for his mercy and forgiveness. It's everlasting. Now, watch this. Watch this. So, so without light, we can't fulfill God's purpose in our life. Without light, we can't help others. Without light, we can't lead others. Without light, we can't guide others. others. Uh, without the light, it, it, it's just impossible. It's impossible without God's comprehension, God's understanding. In other words, God puts his spirit inside of you and gives you the ability to think like he thinks, to feel what he feels, to understand. And the whole purpose of God putting light into your life is this, because he gives you something. And when he gives you something, it begins to work and it begins to move. Everything was meant for a purpose. Everything was meant for a purpose. It will connect 
and there'll be a drawing. And that light will make its way up into your heart. That light will begin to move. The more you pray, the more you begin to seek him, the more you begin to understand that this is important and I need it. It begins to stir. It fills the whole heart. It fills the whole mind. And there's nothing too hard for God to do. There's nothing too hard for God to do. Because you see things as God sees things. And as long as you allow that light to enter into your heart, how does that happen? I'll tell you how that happens. It's because the Word. I learned how to move it. It's the Word. The Word is injected. The Word is put into your mind. And the light that's in your spirit, man begins to interact, and there's comprehension, and out of that comes wisdom. The wisdom of God. Knowledge is one thing, but knowledge and wisdom together produces understanding. Let me say that again. Knowledge is one thing. The Bible says my people are defeated for lack of knowledge. True. But knowledge with wisdom, and wisdom comes from God. Wisdom comes from God. The Spirit of God gives you the ability to discern, to see, to know. And when it comes together with knowledge, there's understanding, and that's illumination. Understanding, say it with me, understanding is illumination. Don't take my word for it. Go back home and study it. But this is why when Jesus came into the world, the world could not, the Bible says, the world was dark and could not comprehend it. That means that their minds were darkened by religion. And they said, this is how we do it. We don't do it like that. Jesus said, I'm the light of the world. When Jesus opened up his mouth and taught, it was illumination. But they could not comprehend it. So they missed it because they were in darkness. That's why some people, and I'm not trying to be judgmental, but this is the truth. That's why some people, no matter how hard you try to try to preach to them, first of all, don't preach to them. Don't preach to people. What's wrong with you? Hijo, right? It's got Mexican on you. Really, you love people. You love people, and then God will give you opportunity to minister when their heart is ready. But before you minister to somebody, you have to pray for somebody that God would give them illumination. God would give them comprehension. God will move in their life because God deals with everybody. And if you're not praying for that person, don't expect to sow seed into their life that will produce fruit you're sowing it on hard ground. You're sowing it in areas where there's spirits and there's birds like the parable and they come and take the word away. Listen, God, God wants to see lives changed more than you, but would you like to know how to, how to win your loved ones over to God? How many of you would like to know how to win your loved ones? I'm going to tell you how you win your loved ones by, by loving them. By allowing the love of God to come in to your life from comprehension and illumination, you understand love develops in your life when the word becomes flesh again in your life. Love develops in your life when you realize, hold on a second, listen, this is what the light will do when the word comes together in your life. Comprehension, you start to say to yourself, hold on a second. I remember where God brought me from. 
<laughs> oh. I remember where God brought me from. I wasn't any better. <laughs> you guys don't know this. Once like a bird in prison I dwelt. No freedom from my sorrow I felt. Then Jesus came and listened to me. Glory to God, he set me free. You remember that song? <laughs> he set me free. You don't know that song, do you? The prison for me. I'm glory bound, my Jesus, to see. Glory to God. He what? He set me free. You were a bird. In prison you dwelt. No freedom from the sorrow you felt. That was you one day. That was you. You allow God to give you compassion. You allow God to give you a, a place in your heart for someone who doesn't have it all together, but you see what they can be, not what they are. Because God did the same for you. And then you begin to let God love on you because you've now removed all the bitterness, all the offenses, all the hurts, all the jealousy. You've now allowed God to heal your heart and healing people, people that are healed, heal people. And they love on them and they, they begin to embrace them and they comprehend and they understand my whole purpose in life is to make a difference in somebody else's world. That's what love does. And then you get faith Faith, you're no longer persuaded by fear. The what ifs, the buts, everything that you see, it may be a mountain in everyone else's eye, but through the eyes of God, it's a molehill. It's small. It's minute. People of faith don't major in minors. People of faith say, I, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. People of faith look at a circumstance and say, if God did it back then, he can do it for me too. People of faith comprehend and understand that God he even caused the sun to stand still for Joshua to give him the edge, to give him the victory for, for Moses, to give him the edge and the victory and Joshua both. He did it for both of them. Moses' hands were raised up and they held him up. Joshua said, Sutton, be still. It was, it was something that only God can do. But can I tell you that you are, you are a child of God. They were servants of God, but now you are the child and children of the Most High God. Why did that happen for them? Because they needed it in that moment. It wasn't a want. It was a necessity. Someone asked me one time, how do y'all see a miracle? Well, you get a miracle when you need one. Not when you want one. You get a miracle when you need one. You want to see God move, present him with a need. Not just a want, but a need. And a want also he'll give you if it's according to his will and your heart is right. He'll give you the desires of your heart. But you can't discern that unless you have light and illumination. So your whole job, is to, your whole purpose in life is just to follow him as he leads you into life. And give you discernment. Not only faith, but discernment. Discernment in your life to know the difference 
from a right decision and a wrong decision. So I have found that all of these have made me a better husband, a better father. All of these attributes has caused me to follow after God and teach others how to do the same and lead people as I'm being led by God because I'm following him as he's in the light. If I cease to follow God and I'm off on the mark or say something or do something that doesn't match up with that word, you have every right not to follow me. And quite honestly, I wouldn't do it either. But this word and this scripture and the light is everything. Spirit and truth is what God said true worshipers are going to be. Are there any true worshipers in the house this Sunday morning? Is there anybody who follows him? Repeat it after me. Light is a priority. It's a priority. And the sun, the S-O-N, is shining in my life. Our mission here at Covenant Life Center is to help our world live, give, and love like Jesus. If our ministry has impacted you in any way, we would love for you to email us at info at clcvictoria.org. You can get connected with us through our social media at CLC Victoria and